Perak Yud, Mishnah test, the final Mishnah of the Perak. The Mishnah describes a scenario that's very similar to the second case of the previous Mishnah, but with an additional complication. That is, we have these three brothers, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain is an adult. He was married and he died without any children. And thus, Ruvain's widow fell in Yibam to Shimon and Levi. Shimon is nine years old. So the Mishnah states as follows, Shimon went ahead and performed the Yibum act with Ruvain's widow, and we'll call Ruvain's widow Rachel. Years passed, and Shimon became bar mitzvah, he became halachic adult, and he then got married, which of course is a full fledged marriage. Let's say he married a woman, Leah, not related to Rachel. And then Shimon himself died without any children, leaving these widows, Rachel and Leah, or even consideration to the one surviving brother, Levi. The Mishnah states that the halacha here depends. If Shimon had not been intimate with Rachel upon becoming bar mitzvah, a legal adult, and thus the only connection he established with Rachel was that Yimak that he had performed as a minor, but above the age of nine, then the halach is harishono choletzes velo misyavemes. Rachel was once a Ruvain's widow. Needs chalitza to be able to marry somebody else, but she cannot be taken in yibum by Levi. Because as we learned in the previous Mishnah, which was working with the opinion of the Rabbanon, when a nine-year-old Yavim performs the yibum act, that's equivalent to an adult Yavim performing mimer, which practically means that Rachel became partially married to Shimon. Like on the rabbinic level, they're considered married. It's a partial acquisition. Consequently, we have an issue here, the issue that we learned about in the previous Mishnah of Zika Shnei and that is that the mitzvah yibam that Levi has to Rachel emanates from two Zika bonds, a Zika from Ruvain, which has not been fully resolved, and a Zika from Shimon, because... Rachel, on a certain level, was considered a married to Shimon, that he died without children. And the halach is that in such a case where the mitzvah yibum emanates from two different zikas, yibum is not performed. Rather, the widow must be released through chalitza. The Mishnah then states of as regards Shimon's other widow, Leah, the wife he had taken after he had become an adult. Well, regarding her, o chaletzis o Levi may perform either chalitza or yibum. That is, Leah is certainly not released. Her zika is not dissolved on the basis of Levi's chalitza with Rachel because from the biblical perspective, these two widows are not falling in Yibam from the same house, from the same brother, but each from a different brother. Rachel from Ruvain, Leah from Shimon. Because again, biblically, Shimon never married Rachel. So the Mishnah is saying that certainly something needs to be done to address Leah's independent zika. Now, the Mishnah states that Levi would have the option of actually marrying Leah, performing Yibam with Leah. The Mepharshim explained that the Mishnah means that if Levi wants to go with that option, he would have to perform the Yibam first with Leah, and then proceed to perform the Chalitza with Rachel. To do it in the other order would be a problem, because you know, on the rabbinic level, these two widows are widows from the same house. They're both falling from Shimon. And so you have a rabbinic issue of you, know, you can't go and perform Yibam with one widow after he did Chalitza to the other. But the Mishnah is saying that it's not a problem for 
Levi to perform Yibam with Leah first, for clearly Leah does not have a Zika Shnei problem. She definitely is coming from Zika of just one brother of Shimon. She was never married to Ruvain. But once again, even after Yibam with Leah, Levi will have to also perform Chalitza with Rachel, because the fact is that from the biblical perspective, these widows fell in Yibam from different houses. Rachel fell from the house of Ruvain, and thus she needed her own active Chalitza to be released in order to be able to get remarried. Now the Mishnah specified that we're talking about a case in which Shimon was not intimate with Rachel at any point after he, Shimon, became an adult. If he had done so, then that would have affected a full marriage with Rachel and would have erased the Zika coming from Ruvain. And thus in such a case, upon Shimon's death, Levi would have the option of performing Chalitza or Yibam with either widow. He would only have to do that once with one of the widows, and then they would both be released. He wouldn't be able to marry the other ones. A standard case of two widows falling from one house, where he does Chalitza or Yibam with either widow, and that's it. But this is all according to the opinion of the Rabbanon, who understand that the Yibam act of this nine-year-old Yavam, Shimon, is equivalent to Mimer of an adult Yavam, meaning it's a kind of a partial acquisition, as we have seen, Rabbi Shimon disagrees. In the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, the Rabbanan consider the Yibam act of a nine-old Yavam as either a completely effective Kenyan or as not effective at all. So let's see how that opinion, Rabbi Shimon, plays out in our case. Rabbi Shimon, oh, Rabbi Shimon says that even if Shimon, of our example, was never with Rachel as an adult, he only performed the Yibam act with her as a minor, but again, he did uh, biblically marry Leah as an adult, and then Shimon died without any children. The halacha is, Miyabim Levi, sole surviving brother, may perform Yibam with either widow, either Leah or Rachel. For according to Rabbi Shimon, there's no issue for Levi to perform Yibam with Rachel, based on the fact that Shimon, the nine year old Yavam, had taken her in the Yibam act. Whichever side of Rabbi Shimon's uncertainty is correct, if the Yibam act of a nine-year-old Yavam is considered a complete Kenyan, and that would mean that uh, through Shimon's act here, Rachel completely left the house of Reuven and entered the house of Shimon, so that upon Shimon's death, these two widows, Rachel and Leah, are falling in Yibam from one Yibam house, from Shimon's house. If, on the other hand, the Yibam act of a nine-year-old Yavam accomplishes nothing whatsoever, and that would mean that Rachel and Leah, respectively, have fallen in Yibam from two completely distinct houses. Rachel from Ruvain and Leah from Shimon. And in that event as well, there's no issue, of course, for Shimon to perform Yibam with one or the other. Now, he can't just leave it at that. Whether he chooses Yibam or Chalitza with the first widow, V'chalitz the Shniah will have to do Chalitza with the other, due to the possibility we just mentioned, that again, in every Shimon's mind, maybe... What Shimon, this nine-year-old Yavim, did, his Yibam act was nothing, accomplished nothing. In which case, these widows, Rachel and Leah, have fallen in Yibam from two distinct houses, from Ruvain and Shimon respectively, so that the Yibam or Chalitza to one doesn't exempt the other. So to cover that possibility, Levi will have to perform Chalitza with the second widow, though he can't perform Yibam because of the possibility that maybe Shimon's act of Yibam with Rachel was completely effective, in which case Rachel and Leah are two widows from, from one house, and in the case of two widows from, from one house, you can't do Yibam to a second one once you did Yibam or Chalitza to the first. And this whole time, we have been using the example of a nine-year-old Yavam. 
meaning a boy is between 9 and 13. The implication of that choice is that once a young man turns 13, he's halakhically considered an adult. And that indeed is almost always the case. But the Mishnah clarifies that not necessarily, because halakhically, a young man is not considered an adult unless he has displayed physical signs of maturity, of puberty specifically, he has grown two pubic hairs. Now, the assumption is that once a boy is 13, that has happened. But let's say we know that didn't happen, well then halach would be different. As the Mishnah says, All of the aforementioned rules would apply whether we're dealing with a Yavim who is literally below 13, who is between 9 and 13, but it would also apply to a young man who is older than 13, who is as old as 20, but if he has still not sprouted to pubic hairs, halachically be considered a minor person who is unable to affect biblical transactions, such as marriage or yibum. Once he turns 20, if he exhibits the signs of Isaris, who is you know, somebody who will not be able to have children, certain symptoms show he would be Isaris, then he would be deemed a halachic adult. Otherwise, up until the age of 35, he would still be considered a minor. If he hit 35 without pubic hairs, he would then still be deemed an adult. 